Hi, everybody. Welcome to Marginalia's Daily Readings and Prayers podcast. My name is Brian Ferry, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors at New City. This podcast is designed to support and encourage you in your daily Bible reading and prayer, as well as help you stay connected with the life and teaching of New City while we are still unable to meet together in person. You can follow along each day by digging into the readings before listening, if at all possible. You can always find our readings in a short prayer at newcitycincy.org slash readings dash prayers. Today is Thursday, May 7th, 2020, and our scripture readings for today are as follows. Psalm 26, Exodus 34, 1 through 17, 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 through 20, and Matthew 5, 21 through 26. Let me pray, and then we'll home in on our passage from Matthew 5. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for your word, and we ask for eyes to see you and ears to hear you as we open the scriptures. We ask it in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. All right, so you can turn to Matthew 5, Matthew 5, 21 through 26. We're in the Sermon on the Mount, possibly the most famous large chunk of Jesus' teaching. And Jesus says here, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. Now, we'll see this statement, you've heard that it was said, but I tell you, several times here throughout the rest of Matthew chapter 5. Jesus is taking the law from the Hebrew scriptures, he's naming it, and then he's giving his word on it. So, what he's doing is teaching from the statement that he made back in verse 17, where he says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus doesn't abolish the law, but he fulfills it in himself and, we'll find here, raises the bar significantly higher, so to say. So, you've heard that it was said, don't murder, Jesus says. Okay, I got it. Pretty easy, you say. I haven't murdered anyone. But then, Jesus says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Whoa. Anger makes us liable to judgment and the fires of hell? You know, okay, so I haven't murdered. But when I lost my Skittles and I said something rash and mean? You know, Jesus is taking the law and its outward requirements and helping us realize that the problem isn't just an outward action problem, but a heart, thought, and motivation problem problem runs deeper than we realize. That is, don't murder allows many of us to wave our hand at this. But anger, a harsh, thoughtless word, well, now it's getting personal. Is getting angry then and and losing your temper and saying something rash the same thing as murder? Well, no, that's not the point. Some sins are more grievous than others because of the damage done and the atrocious consequences. Murder ends a life. A harsh word doesn't end a life, but it does take some life away. The point isn't that they're the same in the damage that they do, but that they spring from the same contaminated well. Anger is the seed, murder the full-grown tree. And although the saying wasn't around at the time, Jesus was debunking the old playground rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. We all know that's nonsense. We all know it's not true. Listen to the way Eugene Peterson puts it in the message paraphrase, noting that the damage words can do and the consequences of an unbridled mouth. 
It says, carelessly call a brother idiot, and you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister, and you're on the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. In her song, Long Ride Home, Patty Griffin writes and reflects as a spouse riding in the long black car to and from the burial of her husband. She sings this. She says, 40 years go by with someone laying in your bed. 40 years of things you say you wish you'd never said. How hard would it have been to say some kinder words instead? I wonder as I stare up at the sky turning red. That question, how hard would it have been to say some kinder words instead? It's eviscerating. Apparently, the answer is really hard, because it seems that we reserve the harshest words for those we love the most and those who are closest to us. And I suspect that those of us living with others during this stay-at-home time have come face-to-face with our anger, our impatience, our harsh and our rash words. We all have wild mouths, all of us. So what do we do? Well, a moralist answer would be to watch your mouth. Don't cuss. Hold your tongue. Listen well. Seek first to understand, then to be understood, etc., etc., etc. You know, this summer, when we were on sabbatical, I learned the Scottish phrase, hold your weesht, which means be quiet or shut up. But it has a much nicer sound to it. Hold your weesht sounds better than shut up. You know, and all of that is good. We should probably use less profane language and hold our tongue and listen first and all that. But it won't take long especially when locked down with others, before we lose our skittles and let a foolish word fly yet again. So what do we do? What can we do? When verse 23 and 24, we see what what we can do is repent and reconcile. Repent and reconcile. Jesus says if you're offering your gift at the altar, that is if you're in worship or at community group or serving somewhere somehow, and you remember that someone has something against you, stop what you're doing and go and be reconciled. Leave whatever you are offering right where it is and go and reconcile with the person that has trouble. And here we see that the vertical, that is our relationship with God, and the horizontal, that is our relationships with others, are interconnected. We can't have a tight relationship with the Lord and treat others like garbage. Now, I don't know exactly how this works or how they're tied together, but they are. And our relationship with God and our relationship with others are tied together. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, which is coming up in Matthew 6. We pray, forgive us as we have forgiven others. Now, that's kind of a terrifying prayer. Forgive me in the same way and in the same amount that I have forgiven others? Yikes. And in John, 1 John 4, we read this. John writes, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, though, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother or sister. He's a liar. For he who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. The vertical and the horizontal are inextricably linked. God's love is made manifest among us through us. God's forgiveness is shown by us, through us, to one another as we repent and are reconciled. When, not if, but when, we lose our temper 
say something harsh, mean, rash, foolish. We go to the person that we fired off on and we repent. We say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? And then they can extend God's mercy and their mercy to you being reconciled. Repent and reconcile. You know, a goal of this podcast is to help foster community and encourage personal reflection in this challenging season. Reach out to someone and discuss. Here's a question to help you do that. What words have you spoken recently that could probably use some repentance and reconciliation? What words have you spoken recently that could use some repentance and reconciliation? If you think this podcast might be helpful or encouraging to someone you know, feel free to share it with them and encourage them to subscribe. For other stuff, follow us on Instagram at New City Cincinnati or Facebook at New City Cincy. Let me close with a bit of a prayer from John Wesley. Our Lord and God, we know that unless we are planted together with you in the likeness of your death, we cannot in the likeness of your resurrection. Strengthen us that by denying ourselves and taking up our cross daily, we may crucify the old man and utterly destroy the whole body of sin. We are not our own. You have bought us with a price, with the price of your own blood. Let us no longer live to the desires of men, but to the will of God. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who with you and the Holy Spirit is worshipped and glorified, one God, blessed forever. Amen. Bye, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.